behold, it is another glorious day in the Bookstabber Nation. <laughs> welcome. I was, I, was, I, was, I was really trying not to laugh that time at the beginning of Bookstabber. Uh, welcome so to another episode flag. of Bookstabber. What, what episode will this be? Who knows? Uh, We're past ten, I think. That's all that matters. That's right. And today we are discussing... The Sun is Also a Star by Nicola Yoon. That is correct. Uh... What is, let's see, our spoiler warning is uh, we're going to spoil the book. If you haven't read it already, please go read it. Um, it's a pretty short book, so yeah, it's going to be hard not to spoil it. It's a short, quick read. It's YA romance. Um, and I have to say, thank you so much, because this was part of the kind of the kind of new movement to try to help me clear books off my shelf that have been sitting there for years. I realized I bought this book four or five years and had not read it. And I actually I actually bought a mm. copy, which, is, which was mysterious to me. I think I may have gotten a copy of her first book everything everything and uh somehow i heard this one was good and then bought it and then it just got covered with things on my shelf and here we are finally have read it so so thank you willow for cooperating i only yeah i've only known about this book because i knew that it was also a movie i did not see the movie i have now read the book and i have many opinions i didn't know it was a movie until yesterday i um I googled something in preparation for this, and then I, I saw that it was a film, <laughs> and I watched the trailer, and it was very disturbing. That's all I can tell. You. <laughs> <laughs> so. I would I, I wouldn't say I was disturbed, but I I do, I do think that the trailer is an interesting artifact, both by itself and in relation to the book. So let's strange. let's dive right well, into well, the book talk, shall we? Like, yeah, let, let, let me try to let me try to give a concise book talk for this, like like what I would say to a class of teenagers. I would say that this book is about. It centers on two characters and a single day in New York City. Uh, one of them is Daniel Bay. He's the son of Korean immigrant parents. Uh, they insist he's going to become a doctor. Um, he has an interview with someone from Yale that he has to go to. His mom wants him to get a haircut. He has to drop off something at his dad's, uh, his parents' uh, black hair care place in Harlem. And he goes into New York uh, kind of early and just decides that he's going to let the day take him wherever, wherever it will. Because at the end of that day, he's going to be on the track to become a doctor and uh, his life won't be as anymore. So he's going to just have a day. He, he, in his heart, he desperately wants to be a poet. And the other character is Natasha, Natasha Kingsley. Uh, she is a Jamaican immigrant. Um, she lives with her parents and her younger brother. Uh, her dad was recently caught drunk driving and they are going to be deported that evening. And Natasha goes into Manhattan to go to the... U.S. Custom and Immigration Service office in Manhattan to see if she can get somebody to stop their deportation. She really wants to stay in the U.S. She doesn't really remember Jamaica. Uh, that's that's where it all starts. Uh, they meet. Daniel really falls hard for her and tries to get her to fall in love with him, which is not real hard. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay, and it's told it's told in alternating chapters with not just those two characters' voices, but other people's voices and some really strange right. little nonfiction essays, and it just cruises right along it's it's a pretty quick read um that's what i would say to somebody it's it's very romantic if you're if you're into if if that sounds good to you it's very romantic i don't know it was the longest 12 hours i ever spent (laughs) now we get into it i i want to tell you i really like this book i i i I, really yeah i really did yeah it it um it's not quite believable no, it's but, but, so n- it's so not believe. Look, I love romance. I want to go on romantic, you know, adventures. I want to fall in love. This is this is so fake. All of these people are so <laughs> fake and transparent and plastic. I they re- are cellophane. I, I it didn't it didn't um 
there, there was enough about it that struck me as as real that it just pulled me along because I like like I, I do think people can make the decision to kind of let go and fall for each other and I, that seemed to be what was happening here even though they, even though uh, they try to use science I, we should we should talk a little bit more about how the book kind of kind of starts and how it tells the story because it's told in like I said alternating right. chapters um, there's a, there's so many points to dive into with this one this one is really meaty and how bizarre it is it's really it's really str- uh, it's really strange but i think it's really successful in what it does so so i'll start with the the yeah the main thing is that all right so we've got our boy daniel we've got our girl natasha their whole thing is that daniel is a poet he's an artist he believes there's a god he believes that things are meant to be he's right, right. very he's very emotional he's and very, whimsical. Very, very much a romantic Yes. Uh, Natasha wants to be uh, like a data scientist when she grows up. She is all about hard, cold facts. She's an empiricist. And this is, Ooh, big, this is our a, that, odd that was couple. A, that was a big word. I feel like I owe you a dollar right now. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I wish I wish someone would pay me for the big words. <laughs> um, but yeah, so as soon, you know, they're hot and cold. They're fast and they're slow. It's obviously, how could it, how could these two crazy kids ever work it out? They're so different. Right. Uh, well, and the answer seems but, to be the answer seems to be what if Daniel saw Natasha on the street with her with her big pink headphones and then followed her into a music store where she sees her ex boyfriend making out with his new girlfriend and and watches watches the girlfriend shoplift something and then they comment together on it and come together. Well. That, right, that is the that is the meet cute, which is also a very weird meet cute. And it's not, and it doesn't end there because also, uh, she walks out of the store, is about to get hit by a car, and Daniel saves her. Right, she kind of blows him off is, in the record store. Right at the end of their conversation, their exchange. Right. Well, <clears throat> she blows him off multiple times in the first half of this book, and that's one of the things that makes it very hard to believe is that like she really does. It feels like put up a put up of you know i don't actually want to talk to you strange person i just met and then she and then the narration from her like feels really unbelievable it's just like oh but he's got such nice cheekbones and right. i hate everything i hate everything he says but also why is he so good looking even with his clothing choices i don't like the one thing i got was daniel is very handsome he's got nice shoulders he's got nice hair he's, <laughs> he's very nicely dressed uh, he's got a nice smile he's got a great ass i've I've never, okay, I don't know if this was in the book. I don't remember he has nice shoulders, but also, as a a pansexual person, I've never once looked at someone like, damn, shoulders. (laughs) Is that, is that a thing that people are attracted to? I have never had that reaction. You you never, you never like, uh, you never knew somebody who was on a swim team, just had, had great shoulders. You never seen that? I've never known a person who was on this, on a swim team. Oh, I remember, I remember uh, a few, a few young women in high school were on the swim team who had nice shoulder yeah that's all i can tell you <laughs> okay fair enough well anyway yeah well that is the thing it does seem like it for a lot of this book daniel's one redeeming quality is that he is good looking because it doesn't seem like natasha actually likes anything else about it she doesn't or or a lot of the narration is daniel says a dumb thing and natasha's like oh that's really dumb but i just like you anyway like well, he's, he's, we aren't act- he's, he's good looking and he's very nice i mean i you know he's very nice and he's interested in her on a day when she's having that's, a terrible day i think i think it's enough uh, okay yeah he's he's pleasant enough this is true although he does he comes off to me as kind of pushy in the beginning uh and the only the only w- reason he stops being pushy is because she just kind of relents but even then he's still 
I don't know. Actually, he's pushy the whole damn time. I don't. I'm not a big fan of this. Well, guy. well, well he pursues her, but then I think he. I think the thing he does. I think he's the one who suggests they go through that uh, list of questions in the New York Times that was supposed supposedly made people fall in love, right? Yeah. And then they they're going to stare at each other for four minutes, but they're going to go through these questions. They don't have time to go through all of them. There's like 36 questions, so they pick some of them and they they answer them to each other. So it, that kind of forms the basis of a conversation instead of him having to to push the whole time. They kind of agree to do this, and she kind of goes along with it because she's kind of between appointments, right? Like she goes to the to the customs office, doesn't really have anything to do. She's kind of having a terrible day, and the customs mm-hmm. at, at the customs office, she gets a suggestion from this guy. She kind of she kind of pushes. Um, and he says, you got to go talk to this lawyer. Like this, this guy might be able to help you. And so she kind of, she gets an appointment and then she just has nothing to do, but hang out. And Daniel doesn't have a lot to do either. He's supposed to get a haircut. He's supposed to go to his interview, but, but he's got some time. And so they have some time to kill. And I think that's kind of the basis of this. And then she buys him coffee, right? And, and they sit down and start talking. And I think, I think from there, if you don't have a sense that their attraction is enough to kind of keep pulling them together, then you've then you've had it right but i I bought it at that point like like i I do feel like i do feel like these teenagers uh have more time between like 7 and 3 p.m than any other humans Uh, maybe this is what they talk about when they talk about a new york minute because it feels like (laughs) the the actual time they spend in the book is way too long for like between the all these appointments i don't think so i i don't know i i mean i think there isn't there isn't actually that much conversation in that many moments there's actually a lot of dead time in the book or what would be the time they're talking about almost nothing when they're walking along and i think right. we get well, to see the significant moments so, so i think i think that's often a problem in fiction where you you kind of get a sense of the moments that are insignificant and then you very verbosely get the significant moment or, or what seem like the significant moments to them to the characters and so I, I think when he pitches when he finds out she's kind of interested in data science and then he pitches like let's let's try this scientific way it, it's a bit of a challenge to her idea of science and it's kind of a meeting her halfway which i will point out uh because i have i'm familiar with that uh list of 36 questions i don't think i don't think there's any science behind it at all i think that like it it, i think it tries to sell itself as but i don't think it's been lab tested i don't think it's psychologist approved i don't think that's his argument i think it's like let's let's repeat this experiment let's repeat this experiment see if it worked i mean i i don't i don't think it has to it's no it's not a proven thing um but it's also clear he doesn't give two shits he's avoiding He's avoiding his right. day. He's avoiding the rest of his life, like like by falling for her. And and it may not actually be happening. It may it may not be true. But I think I think it is after a while. Like he kind of goes with it because he's decided to well, go with it, right? Sure. I want to talk for a second about romance as a genre, as a form. Ooh. Okay. All right. I I, I, I am curious about your response to romance or whatever you perceive as romance. I I have to tell you, I've mostly read YA romance. I've read a few romance novels. I haven't read that many romance books. Um, I I like romance in a story, whether or not it, you know, whether or not it's the main subject. That's like, I don't read, I don't read bodice rippers. I don't read things that are, that most people would consider contemporary romance. Like I like Pride and Prejudice, right? That's romance. Okay. You know, I'm I'm not going to fight you on that. I had to reach back a couple hundred years to find a relevant example anyway. But (laughs) Well, let's just talk about the the form of of a romance story, though, which is that the, you know, all stories are based on conflict. And the conflict in a romance is that the two people who want to get together can't get together for some reason, right? Okay. You know, in Romeo and Juliet, they belong to two warring families. Their families would never allow it. It's, you know. Sure. The the world doesn't approve. You're really really stretching back in time. 
Right. In Well, look, it's an old... Romance isn't new, right? In Pride and Prejudice, they both kind of hate each other, but have feelings for each other that they're trying to overcome, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so you have... In a way, these are very similar to the classics, you know, conflicts of man versus society, man versus God, man versus himself, right? But in the format of two people trying to get together... You know, all of the all of the Disney movies, you could easily be it's like, well, the little mermaid, she wants to get with the prince, but also mermaids and humans can't cohabitate. That's weird. She, but also, she, but also she, legs. she doesn't have any legs. Yeah. OK, right. So so it's all about how do we how do we cross that barrier? How do we overcome the th- our shortcoming? So if I'm if I'm doing my my due diligence to try to be kind to this book to or to treat it fairly, I would say that the conflict is that. Uh, Natasha is being deported at the end of the day, which is going to keep them apart forever. But the actual book itself isn't really about that. Or at least it doesn't feel like the book is about them spending this this day together. Right. And and through most of the day, they do just stare into each other's eyes and make out and think their private thoughts about how great the other person is, which is excruciating. It is awful uh, to read. Because... Because we, because when you're looking for a romance, the the part of them being together, the sublimation, like that's not interesting. But but I think that's not quite true because, like when, um, well, at, at first there's her resistance, which is resistance to it, and then there is they go to what Harlem, and they go to to like to Daniel's uh, parents' shop because Daniel has to drop off something for his father. And his asshole brother, who's uh, been kicked out of Harvard, Harvard at least temporarily, is there with his dad. And that meeting just goes horribly. He, he senses it's going to go horribly, and then it does go horribly. And it, it's not its not a huge barrier, because her response to it is to just laugh, which is great. But you kind of don't know how she's going to respond. Um, and, and, and you could say, like, that's not, it's not a huge barrier. Is, is that before or after the, the Korean lunch? I think it's after lunch. I think they get lunch. This is also another entire problem to me is that um, I think that's right. I think it's after lunch and the big makeout session at lunch, right? And when they go when they go to the singing the Korean singing room, which is which is a bizarre scene. Right. No. So they go to a Korean restaurant for lunch, and then afterwards they do norebang, which I think I'm saying correctly. You are saying that, which correctly. is which is Korean karaoke. Which there's uh, the irony is not lost on me that I'm calling it that, but. So <laughs> it, it, it is the shorthand way to explain it, though. Sure. Right. We all know what karaoke is. No, n- not as many people in America know what Noribong is. Anyway, the point is. But it's in a closed room where a... they get to make out. Right. We spend a right. Which also I don't know that uh, someone would rent that room to two teenagers. <laughs> like that seems unlikely. No, they totally um, would. OK, fair enough. Uh, but like it, we do spend a whole lot of time both with with Daniel's interior monologue and the other characters because there's so much omniscient narration going on that is about like the korean cultural heritage and the immigration experience i feel is very one-sided in this book that like daniel is is an american citizen he is a korean american the other character in the, who is important to the story natasha is is an actual like first generation immigrant and we spend 
very little time talking about her immigrant experience. Like we, the, we kind of pretend like she doesn't have an immigrant experience, even though it's like, well, she, but she lived in Jamaica until she was eight. And we act like, oh yeah, she doesn't have any memories or experiences from there. It's like, that's not how that works. Well, and, and it, th- there's, there's a little bit of that in there, but, but yeah, I, um, she, she mostly talks about it. Doesn't she with him? Cause he's identifying himself as a Korean and feels very, very like other than, doesn't she say something like, well, you're actually American. Like you should stop telling people you're Korean. They they do have a conversation, but I'm talking about it, it's not just about how the character Daniel self identifies. I'm not I'm not really concerned about that. I'm concerned about the amount of time the book spends on Korea, Korea, Korea. Not that that's an inherently bad thing, but it is weird that in a story of two people of color with mm-hmm. immigration stories, that one of them, in fact, and like one of them is literally more important because Natasha's being deported today. And but we actually spend almost all of our time be like, here's Koreatown. Here's all the cool Korean stuff to do. Here's here's why Korean parents are yeah. mad about their children not dating Korean children. And it's like, OK, that's, well, well, I think I think it does that just because of, because of the story, because Natasha's parents aren't that relevant to the story because they don't see them until the end of the of the book. And and I think I think the stuff like the stuff about Korea and Daniel's parents and that experience has to inform and like like about Koreans uh, taking over the black hair care industry. It kind of informs the first two thirds, maybe three quarters of the book, because because we come up against Daniel's parents and his brother being an asshole and his his dad's weird reaction to him and his parents thinking maybe their their sons are soft. Like that's kind of more relevant to Daniel's. Um, what would I say to 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 the conflict he's feeling, where w- wanting to be a poet versus going to Yale to be a doctor like his parents want him to, which is what they've, you know, strived for, which is what they've sacrificed for, and kind of understanding that. Whereas for Natasha, the the thing that's relevant for the story anyway, like like I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you if it was a longer book, but 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 the thing is her father, which a lot of the the time like for background for her is spent talking about her father and his experience and him wanting to be an actor and like how that's kind of the only time he really feels alive and how maybe he's he's said to her mom that he regrets even having kids and how that's ruined their relationship and how it's kind of also the reason they're being deported because her dad couldn't keep his mouth closed about kind of the situation he finds himself in when he was pulled over for drunk driving and the police officer called ice right like like i i just think it's i just think it's the structure of the story i i i I don't think you find out more than the story needs you in a certain sense. I mean, you can argue there's a little bit more in there, but I think that it hangs close to those ideas because of how the story, how they, how they, how those ideas function in the story, not for any I other think, reason. Well, I think, I think the primary reason, um, I think the author is herself Korean American. And so that has largely influences. No, the... no, she's, uh, she's Jamaican actually, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, be- I believe her husband is Korean American. Well, I'm gonna. Oh, okay. So this is just this is just self inserts uh, twice fold. No, no, no. Oh, you thought because of her last name. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, did. yeah. It's 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 uh, it's. I believe it's her last name by marriage, and she and her husband actually um, have started an imprint now at a at a publisher to. It, it's basically for uh, writers of color writing uh, romance featuring characters of color. So. And I think I think okay. I think I think her books would firmly fit in that. I don't know about her husband's books. I don't believe I've read one of them. Well, that yeah, I mean that really. Uh, it's interesting because you know I think that's great. I I I'm glad that you know this is a book by an author of color. I'm glad that it is about characters of color. I'm glad that there's an imprint for that, um, and that that's gaining traction. 
there is also a part of me that's like, oh, okay, so <laughs> this story is just about her and her husband. Um, yeah, I kind of wondered that, I, right? I mean, it's like it's it's super interesting. Well, I. Ugh. <laughs> Well, that, that doesn't that doesn't make me feel better. I, 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 I want to tell you. I want to tell you the thing. The thing that that makes me like this more is that it's a YA novel, right? It's it's this is um, th- th- there's something there's something very much like teenage experience about this. Like I I, th- I think there's something there's something very charming about about this kind of story at the age they're at. And you, you what, what did you call it? The, <laughs> the you compared it to the Fault in Our Stars, right? Right. Well, because that's a that's a contemporary. I don't actually. Is it contemporary? How old is that book? I don't. I don't know. Ten years. <laughs> ten years. Fifteen years old. Somewhere in there. Well, that I I haven't read that book and I haven't seen that movie. But oh, I love that great, book. That book is so. But good. great. It's a great conflict in a romance that the thing that's keeping us from being together is that one of one or more of us is dying. I think that's a like this is what this book needed was that it it lacks that real good romantic <laughs> conflict. No, really though. No, no, but 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 the conflict is like the whole world is like against is against this. That's, but but that's the opposite of what's true. Okay, no, this is the problem. This universe that the book takes place in, God is real and is putting and forcing these two people together. This is the maybe my biggest problem with the whole book is that it on some level it is like religious propaganda. <laughs> I don't think no, so. Be, no. No, no, because Daniel is talking about God. I'm and I'm this isn't a Christianity is bad rant or anything or that religion is bad. I'm I don't have that opinion, mm-hmm. but I do think that this is ham-fisted that uh no, Daniel talks about I believe in God and God is everything and is love and and mm-hmm. Natasha like they you know saying but there's no scientific evidence for any of that and all right so well it, that, it, it, but... it's weird in that because he thinks he thinks like uh, dark matter is love <laughs> like that's right his pitch, but it's like what right no. which is whatever I I don't care about that even because that's just whatever but no let's the whole book is set up as a series of crazy coincidences one after another that every party remarks on like every chapter it's a crazy coincidence that uh the first the first crazy coincidence is that natasha gets held up at her meeting at the you know immigration office by Mm -hmm. a security guard because the security guard is having like this quiet panic attack while holding her phone like we're given so much description of that event right and it then it comes back at the end of the book because it's divinely ordained that way so Right, right So okay, she gets she gets uh, her her day is offset schedule wise, which then affects them meeting at the store. And then if Daniel hadn't saved her from that car, she would be dead, and then nothing else would be. So there's just a series of coincidences, which I don't even think are that special. But every character in the book, including the omniscient narrator, keeps talking about how special it is well, well, and how unlikely it is that any of these things would happen. And this is only made worse by the fact that everything about this book is artificial. There is a god. Her name is Nicola Yoon. She wrote it. <laughs> well, I, I, I do think I do think that's the problem with that conversation. But I think that's a very real sense that that you can have if you look back on your life at the series of events that lead to significant moments in your life. They can look. It, it, you, you can see all the things that had to have happened to make that happen. Like, like but a book that's entirely narration. That's bad, right? I have lots of dumb thoughts to myself all the time when I stub my toe when I no no no, when no, I no eat no, a piece no, of no no but but, but I'm, I'm saying that like 
like like like like really like if you look back at your life and anything significant happened there's a there's a whole series of things right so so, so there's that thought and, and like you can criticize the storytelling but i think that it, it's it's a it's a ya novel and so that is a new thought right in 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 a young adult kind of falling in love that's a new thought and they're kind of experiencing that thought for the first time look at all these things that had to happen now i agree with you I've seen this thought in books before, and it's always kind of clumsy because it's happening in a book, and the book is totally artificial. Like, like, like this is all arranged in the book. It's not a real thing, so it doesn't have that. Like, like if I tell you the story of how I met my wife and all the weird things that had to happen, that's much different than me writing a story with, right. with characters like that, right? It, it, it's very strange. It's 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 much much different because they're not real coincidences in in a story, and that and right. in a romantic comedy, it's so artificial because it's not real coincidences either, right? It, it just doesn't it doesn't hold it doesn't hold up. And I think you're objecting to the that in a story, but I think that thought is kind of okay. And because it's a it's a YA novel, like the I, I forgive a little bit of the clumsiness of that. I just don't know. Well, so my reaction to that is that one, I don't think something being YA or for younger audiences of any age is an excuse for it just not being well written. Two, well, but, 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 but I think fine. it is. I think it is well written. Well, I know you think that, but that doesn't make you correct. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole. That's our whole dynamic. But I just here. want. I just want to say that I'm more right. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, no. Um. No, but if you, it's okay to have that thought. I don't, I don't entirely disagree, but you don't, but they, it is hammered home so hard. They talk about it all the time. This, I'm not exaggerating. No, no, it I, is. I, 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 I don't actually disagree with you. Like, like, like maybe it's discussed too much. Like if it was mentioned at one point to so see you thought about it a little bit more, that might be a little bit stronger because, right, because, they, because they're caught up in it. But, but, but I don't like, like, like this is kind of what I, what I, what I don't know the answer to is what is, what is YA romance versus adult romance? Is it just the age of the protagonists? Is there something in terms of tone and storytelling? I think it's probably all those things. And I don't know what the difference is. And I, and I tend to, I tend to give YA novels a little bit of slack in terms of the thoughts because they, it tends to be kind of a first love or like new to some kind of attitude you know, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of book. So when the protagonists have these feelings, you have to accept they're feeling them for the first time. And if, I mean, if you don't, then it's, it's not, a, it's not a book for you. But if it is, you can, you can kind of step back and appreciate that. Oh, that's, that's that thought dawning on them that that I've had a bunch of times or that I've explored before. Do you know what I mean? If these, if the characters come off as holistic and real and emotionally, you know complex to you then yeah that's a perfectly fine way to think but that's that's not how i read these characters i read them as cardboard cutouts that Mm. they don't you know the idea that uh, i've met a lot of people in my life who are not dissimilar to these people but they don't talk the way these people talk Mm -hmm. right you know i've met many natashas in my life who are these scientific empiricists who you know are in love with being scientific and being rational that's that's great that's that's a great way to start a character off mm-hmm. i also think that she's written kind of dumb i don't think she has the interesting you know i think the most interesting thoughts this character has are about like nirvana which also um I think super dates this book in a weird way because I don't think no really I I well I have this whenever we read a YA book or you know when we were reading uh please ignore Vera Deeds it's like none of these kids ha- are like using a cell phone in any way or shape or form none of these kids 
have a video game in their lives like there's there's a real sense that like none of them have ever watched a youtube video it's like okay 50 year old author at work well well i think i think i think that's i think that's a i think that's a problem with with ya but, but it's also a problem with um with books in general right i mean like 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 the people who are evaluating these books and publishing them tend to be our age right and, well but you and i are very different ages well, well well we are but 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 we we are within the span where people who make decisions at publishing houses we are both adults yes l- l- well okay l- like live, right like like 30 30s to 50s you, you know maybe a little bit on each side but well i'm of the opinion that natasha liking 90s grunge is actually a great character trait i would also appreciate if the instead of the characters talking about how god must be real because of all these wild coincidences i would appreciate if they actually talked about the the world around them in such a way with where if natasha mentioned that like yeah, all of my favorite, you know, my family listens to Bob Marley because we're Jamaican, mm-hmm. but I'm obsessed with Kurt Cobain because uh, it represents a different emotional experience to me. And that makes me an outcast from my friends who <laughs> live, living in New York probably all listen to hip hop and, you know, electronic dance music or something. Well, yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I think this is an attempt to, to not date the book by having something that's a little bit timeless, that, that is a little bit anchored in the past. Because if you if you set it right now, and I, I realize you're you're not saying they have to set it now or make really really contemporary like this year, last year, before references in terms of of different kinds of music or, or whatever. Well, interests. that's the problem though, is that Nirvana isn't as timeless as we all hoped. It actually is quite dated, and it's like the teens today are not listening to Nirvana. I hate. I I wish that weren't true. Oh, it, oh, don't. The teens today are not listening. Say it isn't. Say it isn't so, Willow. I'm not going to believe that. <laughs> I, look, I know you, you and I, we, we, we would like to live in the nineties forever for uh, different reasons, maybe, but, uh, that's just not true. Well, and, and that's fine. I mean, it'll, it'll come back around, I think, but, but I, I just like, like, uh, you know, it could have been, it could have been the Beatles or something else. It could, it could have been something. The kids aren't listening to the Beatles today either. Well, what, what, the, whatever. I mean, the I, world. The world is worse than we ever could have imagined, you know. But, but, Trump's I, but, but, presidency, teenagers hate all good things. It's yeah. Yeah, but I think what's what I think what's interesting is I hadn't heard the the Soundgarden song, or at least I couldn't identify it, the one that she sings in the Norebang. And so I had to go listen to it on YouTube. And so I think locating this or locating her interests in the past at least, and locating like like Daniel sings an Abba song was Oh, take a chance on me, which is perfect, right? Um I, I think I think locating those things in the past allows you to go look them up and kind of get a sense of the characters real fast if you want to from the music they, they picked as well. I, I may be incorrect and, and maybe something contemporary would work as well, but I, I didn't need a video game reference or anything. No, I, I'm i really just talking about how... So the, my, my original complaint was that Natasha liking uh, Nirvana exists basically as the only interesting character, character trait she's given for the entire book. Mm-hmm. That and And that everything about her... The rest of the book is I hate my father and Daniel is dreamy, isn't he? Well, God, well and, so and, and she she's kind of a sciencey person. She wants to be a data scientist. You know, part part of the reason. So okay, like um, I I do think that comparing this to Romeo and Juliet is actually really interesting because I think that as a the story of Romeo and Juliet, you know, I've lived in a world where 
when we read it in high school, everyone is like, this story is creepy. These teenagers shouldn't be falling in love with each other. They shouldn't be running off and getting married. Clearly, this is just a series of bad decisions. Mm -hmm. The idea that anyone consider this considers this a great romance is insane. That's been the uh, story around Romeo and Juliet my entire life. This book feels less realistic than Romeo and Juliet because at mm. least in the 1600s, two teenagers could... Uh, you know, living in the same city, a couple blocks from each other, could reasonably find each other attractive and fall in love with each other. And that's all they need to have in common. Because if you live in Verona, Italy, what else in the, you know, in the 1600s, what else are you going to do? Like, <laughs> there's, there's actually not that many things to distinguish your personality by, right? I thought you were going to say, why didn't Juliet watch YouTube videos or play video games? <laughs> <laughs> well you know what it's a period piece so it uh, it works actually it's free of that yeah well, well it, it's just free of your expectations right i mean i think i think that's a really pared down story too and i think i think you know books have to be fairly pared down they can't give a quite they have they have to give the illusion of a 360 sense of the character without actually providing all those details right you have to fill in the blanks you have to have the reader or the watcher the audience member fill in fill in the blanks that the writer I'm is okay with there. that. Well, no, I, no, I, 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 I am too, and I think you didn't do it here, which I find very interesting. I, I, I no, 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 I, I did, right? I mean, there's a lot about there's a lot about Daniel that I recognize from people I grew up with. Like I grew up around so many so many Korean Americans. I mean, then I lived in Korea, right? I met my wife in Korea. Like we were teaching at the same school. Like like all the Korean stuff resonated with me. Like who he is. Oh yeah, I, I know this guy. I know, yeah. I know a guy like this, right? He meets this girl. That's that's a really unlikely pairing, right? This girl from Jamaica and, and this guy who's like, she's in trouble with uh, with the customs and immigration. She's about to be deported. And he's on his way to an interview uh, for to get into Yale. Like he's pretty much made it, right? His brother's at Harvard. Like like he's a success. Like, like her life is kind of a disaster. Um, you know, she's a really nice person though. She's very smart. Um, there's, 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 there's kind of like a nice moment, which is a little bit of weak characterization, but it's nice because you see her through his eyes, and he's like, oh, she's like smarter than me, right? Which, which is nice. Like he's very kind. He's, he's, he's also on the inside very different than who that the stereotype of that character would be when people look at him, like the great student, the student who's going to be a, a doctor, whose parents are pushing him, whose parents own a business, you know, who's kind of kind of fulfilling this role for his parents, for for their sake, who's going to be a success for his parents' sake. Like, like there was a, a lot to like here um, for me, a lot, a lot to like, I, I just, I hang my hat on. I don't, I don't know. Like, like there was a lot I recognized, not, not in myself, but for people of people I know. Well, I think that, I think that great romance stories Part of what they need to work is that not only do the characters have to fall in love with each other, but we, the audience, have to fall in love with them individually. What, or if, if not that, you have to hope they're going to they're gonna make it, right? Right. You know, or, or at least you have to identify with one of the characters. That is also a big thing, you know, because sure. so many romances are, you know, that fairy tale of I am a downtrodden young woman i'm so plain looking no one will ever love me and then this incredible man comes into my life and he loves me even though i'm i'm you know nothing special i'm not pretty you know it's the it's a cinderella story well but, but 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 she's not having that she doesn't have that reaction at all her her reaction is like this can't be happening today right this can't be happening well i'm today. not saying it i'm not saying it has to be exactly that but it, but i'm saying that for my money, I don't believe either of these people were wooed by each other. It's not that I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they're an unlikely pair. Honestly, I just think that they're 
boring people in general i really do, i really am not endeared that's the thing i'm not endeared to either of them because that they don't have the good meet cute moment like you said it yourself the moment they meet is watching her ex-boyfriend make out with a new girl who is shoplifting it's like nothing about that entire story is endearing even the even the act of daniel saving natasha from a moving car like that should work but it like it's not really played off that way like it's just kind of like well now this is happening see see, it, it, it worked for me because because he sees her and he kind of like oh oh wow look at her and then he like follows her and he's like trying to figure out some way to talk to her and it's awkward it's like it's like a terrible moment and it's worse than he knows I think this is part of the reason why Enemies to Lovers is such a popular um, form of romance right now, because Mm -hmm. at least it subverts a story in which two people like each other and have no reason not to like each other is not very interesting. That that, it's like, okay, we're compatible. We Mm -hmm. like each other. Cool. I guess it's I guess we already hit the happily ever after part. At least that gives you something to chew on, because not only do they not like each other first, but like we they have they have to be able to like each other and the process of making them finding reasons for two characters to like each other makes the audience also say oh yes i also have to be endeared to this person now assuming that it's written well it could very easily not be written well well it it sounds like it sounds like you didn't you didn't think her resistance initially is enough her resistance to even trying to get to know him is enough and then then it sounds like you don't buy when when she kind of falls for right i don't i don't buy that i I totally well but but even if but i'm willing i'm willing to say it's happening for the story to move forward but that's just it is like there isn't there isn't a lot of meat on these bones the story doesn't really move forward we go from location to location Mm -hmm. where they keep batting each eyes at each other and making out and having interior monologues that frankly are not interesting they don't they don't have interesting thoughts at any point in this book i think they're just being swept away with each other and i think i think at some point that's that's enough but then but that does not a good story make i think i think it does because then she then she reveals that it's her last day in the country and and then they kind of go their separate ways right and then like like she goes off to the museum he goes off and fights with his brother he goes back to the store and fights with his brother has a has a serious fist fight that he loses she goes to the attorney again the attorney like basically or does she go to the no she yeah she goes to the attorney um tells him everything well, yeah he says he thinks well, here's he can another they, okay well this is another important plot point that is and by this point it is just screaming god is real and is ordained all of this you all worship nicola mm-hmm. Yoon. that the the immigration attorney uh who is handling yes 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 uh, natasha's case is also the guy that daniel has to go to the yale interview for yes okay whoa which which doesn't really make sense on paper well That's i mean dumb. i i i i agree that that is like it's a coincidence that's too late in the book in a way Um, well it's also it i don't i don't find that it's it's not a good coincidence like it you don't read that go oh that's clever you're like why 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 though that it doesn't do anything i think it serves a story because it allows it allows them to compress things a little bit it also allows us (laughs) to see it also allows us to see the uh the relationship with uh with the paralegal like like that guy has like a one-day affair with his paralegal basically the, the the lawyer which also figures into this which is very strange and and like later you find out that he ends up leaving his wife and his kids for the paralegal and then his wife and his mm-hmm. kids are kind of shattered, but the paralegal and he have kids, and those kids are perfectly fine. <laughs> and like, right, but 
But because God is real and preordains everything, what you don't know is that the wife and kids go on to lead rich, full other lives in which they meet probably some other characters that were important earlier in the book. <laughs> and they they all have little meat cutes. They all save each other from being poisoned by a terrible snake at a, at Disneyland, and they all live happily ever after because everything just fits together like a beautiful jigsaw puzzle in this well, book. Well, and then Daniel goes to to uh, Natasha's parents' house, meets them, and then he, he goes with her to the airport, and she gets on the plane and she leaves. And then there's this big chapter about how they fall out of touch. <laughs> it's all it's it, like they go on and have lives, right? Right. And and then we're immediately told, and and ten years later they're on a plane. No, 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 but no, but, but that is labeled. That is labeled like what is it labeled? I'm going to pick up the book. Epilogue. No, no, no. It's not even epilogue. It's 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 labeled. Um, oh, because you listened to I this. Mean, it's, you listened to this and didn't. Well, it's but it's so obvious. Like it's not. It's not like you read that. You're like, what? This is crazy. Well, no, it's like, it, yeah, it, of it, course it, that it, was going to happen. It's epilogue, but it's an, an alternate history. So it's not it's not it's not what happened. It's what it's what might have happened, right? Like that's how I read that. Oh, I didn't. So it, I didn't get. It seemed well, okay, but that doesn't. But that's the only thing we're given, though. That doesn't. That doesn't work. If it, if you want it to be really alternate, you have to at least give us two options. We were given one option. Of course, we're no, going no, to no, believe. no, because we're given we're given what actually happened, which is they they fall out of touch and have lives and and whatever, and then then you're given this but, alternate but, history. But the, but the but the out of touch doesn't say, and then they never ever saw each other again. Fair it, it 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 gives us it gives us ten years of you know she goes to school in Jamaica she becomes a data scientist he fi- I think he works at like a dry cleaner or something I don't remember yeah becomes he, a poet he, I can't remember either he right he works a menial job for little money and does poetry on the side because of course you know what else was he gonna do he's still okay with his family for the most part you know none of that is shocking or interesting for that matter and then we're given the scene on the plane that is all written around the woman from the beginning who was the security guard who held the phone for six minutes too long which is which i i hate that entire part of it (laughs) held natasha's phone when she was going through security but right no if the if the epilogue said you know natasha died a widow if she got hit by another car (laughs) or you know got married to a jamaican man and had six kids and you know uh like, it, I would accept any of that. And then the alternator is like, oh, well, that's interesting. But that's not how it's presented. Hmm. not in the not in the book i had it it's presented very much as like well of course the alternate history is what happened like it's uh it's like do you remember um do you ever watch 500 days of summer long time ago i i love that movie i think it's really interesting how people look at that movie very differently depending on where they are in their life i think (laughs) but there's the ending of that book of that movie it's not a book it is a movie there's the ending of that movie where his relationship with summer is over and the narrator is like oh yes and he'll never fall in love the same way again he'll never have such folly and then like immediately he falls in love with another girl and the narrator's like okay well my uh, me being the omniscient narrator i actually don't know anything this i uh, i have to change the story now because reality changed i feel like that's the same thing that's happening here is that like yeah the narrator can say whatever they want but it doesn't actually like the the events of the story kind of trump that right mm-hmm and if we're and if we're given a chapter where they meet on a plane 10 years later miraculously aided by the mysterious security guard then uh then that becomes the de facto reality not not in no small part because this is a fictional book sure that 
that we're just we just have to accept what we're given well, right well, I, I think this, i think the fact that it's labeled an alternate history says kind of like here like like this is a book and you can you can have this as your ending if you want it well you know if there was an alternate history where the martians attacked and they became freedom <laughs> fighters in the war th- then then i might be inclined to care about that but i but i don't i i just thought oh i thought oh that, that that's what i'll root for like i don't i don't know if that happens at the end of this uh, like, like i i think yeah. I, th- I think uh i think a movie version would have been weaker because that would have been the end of the movie right and and i fear that's the end of the movie and i don't want to see it because i i'm like oh that's not gonna be an alternate history that's just gonna be i don't want to watch the movie because one it looks bad two oh. the i don't i don't like the book and it actually looks like a pretty faithful adaptation of the book from the trailer but third i think it's really funny watching the trailer just for academic purposes here i i scrolled through a lot of the comments and it's so funny to me seeing people's reactions who clearly love this book mm-hmm. and are mad about the most insignificant differences between like mm-hmm. i saw so many people in this comment section complaining i wish the headphones were pink like in the book because oh, wow. because to these teenagers who read this book or probably preteens they they read that detail and to them that like the fact that the headphones were described as pink matters it's sacred it's it, sacred it's a sacred detail even even though in the actual book itself, the fact that they're pink literally doesn't matter. It's just that the author needed an adjective to describe the headphones. <laughs> and she picked... Well, no, the exact same thing is true of... Uh, because also people in the comments are like, they changed his tie from red to plaid because the in the book, it is only significant that his tie seems to not match his suit, right? That is the only part, that's the only reason why it is of note because she gets to make fun of his tie at the beginning of the book. Right, right, right. And also in her interior monologue, think like, what a crazy tie, even though this man is otherwise incredibly handsome. And so the fact that people in the comments section are like, why is it plaid in the movie? It's like, because obviously the, the actual reason is because uh, because people who make movies read the book and said, well, a guy wearing a red tie in a movie isn't actually that interesting. If we make it a plaid tie, that's realistically something that someone would point out and say, who wears a plaid tie? Right, right, right. And which I think they then make a pad tie pun so it's actually just better writing in general but that's beside the point well obviously you're not picking up uh, her first book everything everything just to see how how good that was because it was a notable ya book the year it came out no well here's the thing like a lot of my books that i treasure are ya books the thing the books that i remember and think about from day to day i do like ya books but this is part of a new i hate to say generation hmm. uh but it, this is, it's not like the books that, it's not like every YA book I read was good when I was a young adult, because plenty of them weren't. Right. But these are YA books that got popular, and I read them, and I go, why is this popular? This, it, like, because the it feels like it's talking down to me, which, hmm. you know, it's very easy to say, well, it doesn't feel like you're talking down to you if you're 13 when you read it, but I felt condescended to all the time when I was 13. I don't agree with that notion. I, I feel condescended down to now as a 31 year old reading most of the books that we read because they most of them feel like they were written by dumb people all i all i can say is uh i love this book i'm I'm embarrassed how much i like this book (laughs) i'm handing it to every member of my family to read (laughs) and uh yeah i don't know I, I, well, more power to you. I like this book stabber because because this is one of those things where we just completely disagree. Like like I, I liked it because I identified with the characters, and I think you didn't identify with the characters. And that... which character do you identify with? Both characters or one of them? 
Well, I, I just I, uh, probably Daniel Moore, you know, um, okay. like like trying to trying to get this this woman he's very interested in to fall in love with him. You know, you have famously famously good shoulders. I have cheekbones. I, I have none of that. <laughs> <laughs> My cheekbones have sloughed off and uh, have been replaced by this <laughs> this white beard that I have. And, uh, I'm I'm bald. I do not own a red tie. <laughs> I am I am not Korean American, and yet here here I sit. You could buy a red tie. (laughs) I really couldn't. I would walk into a store and try to buy a red tie, and they would bar me. The staff would be just like, "Uh, no, no, no. You you you, no. You must you must have cheekbones to buy this tie. Yeah, something like that. I mean, I am I am. Wow, how far away am I from? I mean, if I had cheekbones now, all you would see is my skull (laughs) because of my bald head. So (laughs) you'd be like that guy. That guy looks like he's uh he needs a sandwich. <laughs> That's all you'd think. <laughs> okay, Willow. Well, th- th- this this conversation did not let me down. That's all I can tell you. Okay. This is fantastic. Um, what what are we what are we going to talk about next time? What is the book we settled on now? It's called Trouble the Saints, and it's by Leia Dawn Johnson, and it just won the World Fantasy Award for twenty twenty one. It was see it was, before we started. It was very important to Gene that. He wanted me to introduce that book, and I don't. And now, having botched it horribly, I don't know why that was important that I do. I don't know either. I just it was just my thing. I just I, I managed to pull it up on my screen without uh, without too much trouble. I I appreciate it. You're trying to you're trying to give me things to do on this show. <laughs> well, I I mean I mean trusting you with the book talk is is is. Uh, is terrible because I want there to be a pitch for the book, <laughs> and and I, I I do enjoy your anti pitches. I, I think maybe there's I think maybe we should have the anti pitch for the book from now. Okay, on. M- maybe the anti book talk. Like I'll do the book talk, and if you didn't like it, you can do the anti book. Right. Although I'm really hoping you like the next one. I know nothing about Trouble the Saints, so I'm really looking forward to reading it. I'm I'm going to read nothing about it before I pick it up and and dive in. So. We, we both uh, we both just gave up on a Alistair Reynolds novel called uh, Slow Bullets, which we're I don't think we're going to talk about, except that I just wanted to mention that this book, this audiobook, uh, was like four hours long, and it took me a week to get two hours into it. Yeah, because it's just so painful. It's it's it, it, so it, it, it's, it, it's it's a very straightforward novella, and it's unlike anything by him that I've read before. Like I'm a huge fan of uh, the Prefect, which I think was re-released under a different title last year and uh his more recent series in uh what is what is that world called the the cyberverse no the, the big spaceship land it's not the big spaceship <laughs> that's my that's my new science fiction L- like uh, like the series novel that, the, series the series that ended with uh hold on a second <laughs> well the 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 revelation space uh, universe That's pretty series. close to big spaceship land. I mean, the prefect was re-released as Aurora Rising last year. It's a fantastic mystery, and and you started listening to that and then didn't like it. I think you don't like you don't like science fiction that kind of leaves you feeling displaced at first. Whereas that's what I really like. I like science fiction and fantasy that leaves me feeling displaced where I have to kind of figure it out as the plot moves forward and I'm not always sure what's happening. And you, you seem to hate that. So. I can't I can't defend myself from Gene's words right now because his internet keeps cutting out every other word. And so I, I have no idea what he's saying except that I don't like the science fiction of Alistair Reynolds, which is accurate. J- just nod verbally. It's it's fine. I, I, I'm, making, I'm making perfect sense for a change. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. If, if you out there in internet land have a book that you you think we should read you should email it to us at bookstabberpodcast at gmail.com please please tell us something we should read 
<laughs> this has been this has been the Bookstabber podcast. We are Gene Ambaum and Willow Payne who make library comic. Oh, that's us. We didn't introduce ourselves this time. We just jumped right in. No, we we didn't. I hope you got to the end so that you know who we are, assuming <laughs> that you've listened to you've picked up this podcast for the first time and have no idea what's going on. Perfect. J- just like just like a great science fiction novel. We just died. Yes, we just, just we like just, a we, conf- we just dove right in. <laughs> Just like a really bizarre, confusing story where you don't know who the main characters are or what is at stake at all by the 5% mark of the book. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. We're, yeah. We're, like just that. hang in there. Hang in there. And keep keep stabbing. Keep stabbing. Is that where we end? That is, yeah. That's, all right. It's over. Have a good, have a good day. <laughs> <laughs>